Good evening, everyone. To open our meeting tonight, Lil, will you please announce the first hymn? Hymn number 95. He leadeth me, O blessed thought, O words with heavenly comfort sport. Where'er I do, where'er I be, still tis God's hand that leadeth me. He leadeth me, he leadeth me, by his own hand he leadeth me. His faithful follower I would be, for by his hand he leadeth me. Hymn number 95. If you would like to follow along with the readings tonight, please go to our website, and from the home page, you will see the link to the live broadcast.
Click on that, and then look for the place that says, click here for the text of the Wednesday readings. Uh, the theme for tonight is honesty, and the readings will now be given by Fairley from Maryland. The Bible, 1 Timothy. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Luke. Jesus went with them, and when much people were gathered together and were come to him out of every city, he spake by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down. And some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. And other fell on good ground, and sprang up and bare fruit an hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And his disciples asked him, saying, What might this parable be? And he said, Unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables, that seeing they might not see, and hearing they might not understand. Now the parable is this, The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear. Then cometh the devil, and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. They on the rock are they which, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root, which for a while believe, in time of temptation, fall away. And that which fell among thorns are they which, when they have heard, go forth, and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life, and bring no fruit to perfection. But that on the good ground are they which, in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it, and bring forth fruit with patience. And in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews, because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you, 
seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip and Prochorus and Nicanor and Timon and Parmenas and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Correlative passages from Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures and Prose Works by Mary Baker Eddy. In the spirit of Christ's charity, as one who hopeth all things, endureth all things, and is joyful to bear consolation to the sorrowing and healing to the sick, she commits these pages to honest seekers for truth. A wordy prayer may afford a quiet sense of self-justification, though it makes the sinner a hypocrite. We never need to despair of an honest heart, but there is little hope for those who come only spasmodically face to face with their wickedness and then seek to hide it. Their prayers are indexes which do not correspond with their character. They hold secret fellowship with sin, and such externals are spoken of by Jesus as like unto whited sepulchres full of all uncleanness. In order to pray aright, we must enter into the closet and shut the door. We must close the lips and silence the material senses. In the quiet sanctuary of earnest longings, we must deny sin and plead God's allness. We must resolve to take up the cross and go forth with honest hearts to work and watch for wisdom, truth, and love. We must pray without ceasing. Such prayer is answered insofar as we put our desires into practice. The Master's injunction is that we pray in secret and let our lives attest our sincerity. If the disciple is advancing spiritually, he is striving to enter in. He constantly turns away from material sense and looks towards the imperishable things of spirit. If honest, he will be in earnest from the start and gain a little each day in the right direction, till at last he finishes his course with joy. In public prayer, we often go beyond our convictions, because the honest standpoint of fervent desire. 
if we are not secretly yearning and openly striving for the accomplishment of all we ask. Our prayers are vain repetitions, such as the heathen use. If our petitions are sincere, we labor for what we ask, and our Father, who seeth in secret, will reward us openly. Can the mere public expression of our desires increase them? Do we gain the omnipotent ear sooner by words than by thoughts? Even if prayer is sincere, God knows our need before we tell him or our fellow beings about it. If we cherish the desire honestly and silently and humbly, God will bless it and we shall incur less risk of overwhelming our real wishes with a torrent of words. Teach your student that he must know himself, for he can know others, and minister to human needs. Honesty is spiritual power. Dishonesty is human weakness, which forfeits divine help. You uncover sin, not in order to injure, but in order to bless the corporeal man. And a right motive has its reward. Hidden sin is spiritual wickedness in high places. The masquerader in this science thanks God that there is no evil, yet serves evil in the name of good. The spiritual sense of truth must be gained before truth can be understood. This sense is assimilated only as we are honest unselfish, loving, and meek. In the soil of an honest and good heart, the seed must be sown, else it beareth not much fruit, for the swinish element in human nature uproots it. First purify thought, then put thought into words, and words into deeds. And after much slipping and clambering, you will go up the scale of science to the second rule and be made ruler over many things. Fidelity finds its reward and its strength in exalted purpose. Seeking is not sufficient whereby to arrive at the results of science. You must strive, and the glory of the strife comes of honesty and humility. The honest student of Christian science is purged through Christ's truth and thus is ready for victory in the ennobling strife. The good fight must be fought by those who keep the faith and finish their course. Mental purgation must go on. It promotes spiritual growth, scales the mountain of human endeavor, and gains the summit in science that otherwise could not be reached, where the struggle with sin is forever done.
We will now have a moment of silent prayer and then follow by repeating together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Carol, will you please announce the next hymn? Hymn number 382. What is thy birthright, man, child of the perfect one? What is thy father's plan for his beloved son? Hymn number 382. and welcome to the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent. This is our Wednesday evening testimony meeting for Wednesday, July 26th, 2023. 
Everyone is welcome here. We have quite a wonderful outreach from our church, much of which is from our various websites. Many of those are in other foreign languages. And as a result, God's healing and inspiring word is reaching people across the globe. And indeed, people from all over the world have found our websites, found God's sacred word, have found our church, and we're so thankful for each and every one of you who have done so. We'd like to uh, encourage everyone to browse through our websites. It's, uh, there's uh, so much material that we are offering, and it's all healing and inspiring material for your listening, reading, singing, study, and the list goes on. And I'd like to uh, point out that it is all free of charge and that it comes with the love of this church. Now, on our English website, there's a couple of items that I'd like to point out. One of them is an article entitled, Our God of Love by Anna Herzog. It's a beautiful article and I highly recommend it. And there's one more item. We have a feature on there called Noteworthy News. And recently there have been some new additions to this Noteworthy News that are very worthwhile for everyone to check it out, look at it. It's very inspiring. <clears throat> Join us every Sunday. We start Sundays here at 10 o'clock in the morning with our roundtable discussion. We follow that with our church service at 11 o'clock, and we offer a Sunday school for children every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. And we have a teleconference feature exclusively for our Sunday school, which means the students that don't live in the area can attend our Sunday school by telephone. What this also means is your child also can attend our Sunday school by telephone, regardless of where you live. So call up the church, we'll give you the number for the Sunday school, and we would love to welcome your child there. I will now read from the church manual by Mary Bakeretti, the section entitled Testimonials. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's, St. Paul. Testimony in regard to the healing of the sick is highly important. More than a mere rehearsal of blessings, it scales the pinnacle of praise and illustrates the demonstration of Christ, who healeth all thy diseases. This testimony, however, shall not include a description of symptoms or of suffering, though the generic name of the disease may be indicated. Now, for everyone that gives a testimony tonight, we kindly ask that you keep it within four minutes. This will give everybody else the opportunity to share their offering tonight. And for those of you who are on the teleconference, when you're ready to give a testimony, please press the star button twice on your telephone. 
Also keep in mind, when you do so, we're going to be able to hear you and any other sounds that your telephone will pick up. So please be in a quiet place. And I will call on each of you one at a time by name. And our meeting tonight is now open for sharing testimonies of healing through Christian science. Candy from Wisconsin, go ahead. Thank you, Fairly, for those very helpful readings on honesty. I really appreciate it. Tonight, I would like to say thank you to this week's lesson writer. Every time I read this lesson, I feel a great connection with God's love for man and to the law, love thy neighbor as thyself. It has helped me in my daily watches and rid myself of those pesky wrong thoughts that try and creep in. A big thank you, and everyone have a very pleasant night. Thank you. Jeremy. I am very grateful for this church and for all I have learned here about Christian science and for how the peace that this understanding for, and for the peace that this understanding of science has brought me. I would say that I felt perpetually uneasy before I came to Plainfield. And of course, as I've come to understand, that's exactly how one should feel when trying to live a life without God. However, once I came to this church and started to get regular practitioner support, my ability to have some measure of peace began, and then once I learned to watch, it really started to grow. Learning how to apply the truth of Christian science to handle the weather and everything else the world tries to disturb us with has been a blessing I carry with me every day. I am so grateful to know that this peace is available to all in the degree that they come to God and learn to live this science. I'm very grateful to be a member of this church, for practitioner support, and for all that this church does to bring the peace of Christ to mankind. Thank you. And now we have a testimony from Imogen in Australia. Good evening. I wanted to share tonight my gratitude to Mary Baker Eddy for her sacred revelation of Christian science. Before coming to Plainfield, I don't think I realized how important Mrs. Eddy's teachings are and truly understanding and living according to the Bible. I'm so grateful, beyond words, for personal progress in becoming a better follower of Christ, directly through studying here at this magnificent church with our holy practitioners and teachers. At a recent business event, there was an attendee, one particular young woman who told me she was in great pain with a suspected herniated disc for which she was taking a lot of medication. She wanted to let me know in case she said something wrongly as we were working together throughout the entire week. I prayed mentally the scientific statement of being throughout the day. The next morning, she was very happy and told me that she didn't need an operation. It was not a herniated disc after all and I rejoiced with her about this. Over the next few days, however, some strange comments and behaviours started to manifest whenever she spoke. She was arcing up and saying strange things, cruel comments aimed at me, 
that in past years I would have taken personal offence to, and I would probably have given some rude comments back. But not so today. Today, thanks to my practitioner at this church and to all our practitioners and teachers here, I have learned the way to master this human tendency of an eye for an eye. As a recent Unity Watch stated, quote, It is through prayer that mortal mind's perversity is compelled to melt before God's determination. Through prayer, mortal mind's claim to thwart the plans of God is destroyed. End quote. That's from Gilbert Carpenter. So I'm extremely grateful to Plainfield Independent for preserving and sharing the teachings of yet another early worker, Gilbert Carpenter, because that Unity Watch was incredibly helpful in assisting me to wrap all that rudeness up in God's love last week. I could see this dear woman coming out of mortal mind. I could see her radiant, beautiful by the end of the working week. She became very much quieter. She was peaceful. She was blessed. I'm so grateful because it is such a straight and narrow road to our Lord, and without the teachings at this beautiful church, I had never been successful in truly blessing those that curse one. This was a sublime experience last week. Throughout the weekend, I continued to bless her whenever the cruel comments she had made came to mind, and on Monday morning I felt such joy and goodness for her, and I know that she is free. I'm so grateful for this learning. Thank you to our Lord God Almighty for loving us. Thank you, dear Christ Jesus, for showing us. And thank you, Blessed Mary Baker Eddy, for living the Bible and writing it all down so that we may follow. Thank you, dearest Plainfield Independent, and we send so much love to you all. Thank you. Nancy from New Jersey, go ahead. Good evening. Thank you, Fairly, for the beautiful readings tonight. I wanted to also, as a recent testifier just said, express my gratitude for the lessons and all of the uh, people that do the writing of the lessons. Uh, every week we're giving such inspiring uh, lessons to study and to work with. A few weeks ago, our lesson on life emphasized the importance of goodness and that as God is good and the source of all good, as his image, it's a very natural thing for us to express this goodness. The more I thought about man naturally expressing this quality, the more I became aware of the beauty of God's love shining in the many smiles that I receive from others as I go about running errands or encountering other people. Also, when walking around our property, I started appreciating even more than before the beauty of God reflected in all that I see, even the weeds that have before seemed an endless battle to keep up with. A few days uh, after doing this, I returned home from running errands, and my husband told me that while I was out, he saw a truck at the end of our driveway, and a young man was cutting and trimming the weeds and the grass underneath our front fences. Now, this was a task that my husband had been struggling to keep up with. It was a need met through the natural goodness expressed by that young man who saw a need without being asked and so lovingly took care of it. 
Later that day, I was given a wonderful opportunity to express kindness to a young friend who reached out to me because she was going through a very difficult time and was in great distress. I was so grateful for the opportunity to share God's goodness with her and give her some simple but very powerful truth and also to send her the link to our website. She was very receptive, and I'm so grateful to say that she is gaining much more peace. I'm just so grateful for all the blessings we receive from these lessons, from our classes, and for all the teachings and instructions we're given in this church. I'm so thankful to our loving Father, Mother, God for his abundant goodness, for Christ Jesus and our beloved leader, Mary Baker Eddy, for her priceless gift of Christian science, and for the loving guidance and support and the encouragement of my practitioner. Thank you very much. Thank you. Shardell. I am offering gratitude this evening for learning true patience and trusting God as taught here, and for practitioner support that has been unwavering and beautifully kind. Just recently, a family member whom I have not been in contact with for several years reached out to me. I'm still kind of adjusting to the change of heart because it has been such a long time. It's like holding my breath to see what happens next. This separation was a hard thing to endure, but my practitioner declared this change would occur even when some harsh words were written to me. I have prayed constantly about this with blessings and love, and I never retaliated or found fault. I often use this statement by Mary Baker Eddy to wait patiently, this is quote, wait patiently for divine love to move upon the waters of mortal mind and form the perfect concept. Patience must have her perfect work, end quote. I am waiting for inspiration from God as to how to proceed with this new relationship. I know that I will be guided because love always shows the way, governing and guarding. Praise be to God. Thank you. Thank you. Linda. Thank you. Thank you very much for the reading tonight. This evening I would like to express my gratitude for the way that our Plainfield Historic Library has been unfolding ever since Thomas got the idea to start it. Uh, I could never begin to imagine all the materials that we have been given or purchased, came across so many unique, inspired ways and very generous donations and the many ideas of how to take care of them uh, and the help that I have received in taking care of them. I'm very grateful for every little piece from a postcard to the most rare material. Um, each one is cherished 
Uh, no matter how we received it or what it was worth, it's all very precious to God. And there's no human effort that could have put together what we have collected, and all for the name of God and Christian science and making sure that the pure Christian science and the clear, correct teaching of Mary Baker Eddy continue and stay protected. And I don't think I've ever expressed my gratitude for all that has uh, unfolded and clearly in God's hand, because I, I know I could never have orchestrated that. <laughs> and I want to make sure all the people who have supported and donated it know how much we are grateful for all that they have done. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, this is Bruce, and I also am very thankful for the lesson for this week. The subject is love. And the golden text from Jeremiah says, The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. I had a very special experience that I had a number of years ago when I was working outside in the month of July. And just so everybody knows, in New Jersey in July, it's rather hot and humid. And I had a full day of work to, to accomplish outside. And we got about halfway through the day, and the heat started really getting to me. Until I took a few moments to sit down and remembered that it says in the Psalms a number of times, also and elsewhere in the Bible, that the mercy of the Lord endures forever. So I'm thinking, how am I going to endure through this day and accomplish the work that I needed? Well, there's only one way, and that is to endure like God's mercy endures. And it just gave me that spiritual uplift and encouragement and I'm sure the temperature didn't go down. However, my sensitivity to it did. And next thing you know, I'm feeling loved. And next thing you know, I'm feeling happy. And next thing you know, I'm feeling grateful that I have this work to do. And so I went through the rest of the day, and the heat and humidity didn't cause any suffering for me. And I also noticed that the other guys that I was working with there was no complaining. They just went about doing what they had to do, and it was all done in an orderly way. And it made me thank God for that, because only God could have done that. So his love most certainly does endure, and I'm thanking God for his mercy, thanking God for this beautiful church and his inspired healing word. Luba from Ohio, go ahead. I'm so grateful for what this church provides for the entire world of true Christian science. There are translations in many different languages, which is totally amazing. Growing up, I always wanted to know about the truth that would set me free. In Science and Health, Mrs. Eddy has provided the answer. I found Christian science much later in my life, but things do come to us at the right time. I'm most grateful for the continual support of my practitioner, her patience and kindness. And thank you so much for tonight's reading.
Thank you. Mishaila from Canada, go ahead. Good evening, everybody. Thank you fairly for the wonderful readings tonight and for hymn 95. First verse says, whate'er I do, whate'er I be, still tis God's hand that leadeth me. This goes perfectly with my, what I want to tell you tonight. My practitioner lately said to me, get Michaela out of the way. Mm, I thought I should not be myself. So I was pondering that. And this citation came to mind from Science and Health on page 568. Self-abnegation by which we lay down all for truth or Christ in our warfare against error is a rule in Christian science. End quote. So I thought it is the abnegation of self and self-will that I need to lay down to find myself in Christ. In Science and Health, on page 360, Mrs. Eddy also says, quote, the real man being linked by science to his maker, mortals need only to turn from sin to lose sight of mortal selfhood to find Christ, the real man, and his relation to God and to recognize the divine sonship. What a promise is that? By turning away from sin, I lose self and find Christ. Sin being, as I heard here many times, the belief in a power other than God. If I am angry, sad, disappointed or impatient, I give something else power over me because I am not rejoicing in that moment in the Lord. Losing myself, getting rid of Michaela, means to know that God is always at the helm, like the hymn says. Yesterday, I stood in line at the bank, and actually, I would have second would have been second in line, but because I thought I quickly can do something else while the clerk attends the person, I suddenly was fifth in line because three more people entered before me. Then I was impatient because. I wanted to have things done quickly, but now it was not quickly. I was angry at myself. I was thinking, why don't they have more people working here, helping us? Then I was thinking, no, God is at the helm of this and all will be fine. But all these thoughts came back to my mind and I was struggling. I had inside me a mighty battle to acknowledge 
that God is really at the helm of this. At the end, there, there came another teller to help out and another one. So I got things done. And while I think my battle was, um, I did not fight it in the best way I could, I still got help. And this is always God's help and God's good goodness that we experience. So I am overly grateful for all I hear here at the Plainfield Independent Church and from my practitioner, which helps me to practically apply Christian science every day. And I'm very grateful to have found myself in Christ in line at the bank. And thank you for this service and have all a good night. Thank you. Lenny or Tony. Lenny or Tony from North Carolina, go ahead. Hi, thank you. Uh, fairly, this was um, a lesson that meant a lot to me tonight. When I, when I came out of the mainstream movement, there was such a covering a, such a veil over my eyes to this this really practical understanding of, of honesty and it's something that I know I have to continue to work out your heart and your mind all have to be aligned and I, I wanted to make three really quick points um, just saw the most beautiful example of practical love for your neighbor um, my a physical neighbor had noticed there was a camper who was having a problem. And they, I was over at their house getting something briefly from them. And they said they were leaving their house because they had to go deliver some food to this woman and some firewood. This was a complete stranger to them. Um, and earlier this today, I was at the grocery store. And as I was pulling in, I saw a young man who um, looked like maybe he had been on drugs or something. And as I drove by him, I instantly declared the absolute truth for this young man. And I was, as I was in the grocery store, he ended up being very close to me uh, in one section. And I was kind of in, instantly at thought, you know, trying to love this, this gentleman. But there was another woman there. And she looked at him and she said, I want to talk to you. And he got became very defensive. And they spoke for a few minutes. And she asked the young man his name. And he came over closer. And they spoke for a few moments. And she opened his her pocketbook, gave him some money. And I heard her say that he needs to remain sober. And he said he would. And they hugged. And they went on their way. And these were strangers. And I was just so taken by this beautifully practical example of love. Um, and the third thing I want to mention, uh, yesterday I had these incredibly aggressive claims of some kind of a of sickness. Um, and thanks to the training 
of Mrs. Eddy and science and health and what we learn here, I was instant in truth. Now, the symptoms, they were uh, very loud, very aggressive, and they remained that way for most of the day. But I never once was discouraged, and I never once actually accepted them as real. And just that consistency of knowing my true self and living above the corporeal senses, as we, as we are told to, um, and remembering something Mrs. Eddy said, you know, if you fall and break your leg, declare even this can only do me good. It just, I just used it to drive me higher. And those symptoms, they did leave and they're gone. And I'm so grateful for that because had I accepted what it was telling me, I probably should be laid up in bed. But that's not, um, that's not the truth about man. And, um, it was just so beautiful to see this whole thing unfold with love and uh, to see the love that um, that God had for me. And again, thank you for the uh, readings tonight. Uh, just beautiful. Have a good night. Thank you. Carol. Every time we sing this, <clears throat> excuse me, hymn number 382, it makes, reminds me of my little boy. Um, I had, he was just a little kid at the time, and, and I caught him in a couple of lies. So I explained to him that we don't tell untruths. We stick with truth. We stick with God. And every night we would pray with the second, second verse of this hymn. I am truth's honest child of pure and sinless heart. I tread undefiled in Christly paths apart. And I told him that that meant paths apart from the dishonest worldly thought, and that he was, he was above that, that he was, was God's honest child. And uh, boy, that was successful, because he never lied again. And he, in fact, was and is yet today, now that he's a grown man, he's so painfully honest sometimes, you wish he wouldn't say it. <laughs> but uh, but you, you know, anytime you ask him anything, you're gonna get the truth. And uh, so I just uh, wanted to share that because I think that's one of the very big healings that we had in our family because it, it changed his whole life. He could have been on a path for not, not doing very well, and, but instead he clung, clung to God and, and uh, the healing was complete. And I'm very, very grateful for that and grateful for every time we sing that hymn. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Craig. I wanted to thank Fairly for those readings on honesty, because it's... Uh, I, I really did not learn it, uh, that it was so important to be honest all the time and consistently honest, day by day. We used to have a shirt that we wear here. It was available. One of the members put it together. It said, honesty is spiritual power. And uh, <clears throat> it goes on, Mary Brigardi, it's a citation from her, Science of Health, that dishonesty is human will, weakness, which forfeits divine help, which means God won't help you. <laughs> you want to be there in that spot, <laughs> ever. <laughs> so, uh, 
So I thank you for pointing, bringing that out and how essential honesty is. It's not an occasional honesty. It's an always and forever honesty. And it ends in joy, I got from you, that we should be happy about our honest life and have success and fruits of it. Uh, I think, I, I know, I was honest in one part. I'm still working at it. But I, I try to be honest every day. But uh, I just uh, was trying to be a friend to a person who was not a Christian scientist. I gave them a copy of prose works that had been, I an older copy, because they love uh, Christ and the works. They've been to Israel and various parts of the Bible world, like all. And so, uh, but they don't know that much about Christian science, but I gave it to them. And it would en enlighten them and expand on what they learned from the Bible. Well, around that same time, and there should be no penalty for doing good, I couldn't find my phone, my cell phone. But I was honest. I knew that I was doing good and had something good had to come from it, or, or but no, definitely no bad. And so I resisted on believing that I had, could never, I would not find it. And uh, I, God gives us peace, and I kept that peace. He told me how to put together a backup phone for no cost, and <clears throat> so I was okay. People could reach me, I could reach them. But I still wasn't satisfied that I was fully honest, that God, he's, you're going to show me where this thing is. <laughs> well, after everything was settled, I had a good night's sleep. Uh, I said, God, you're going to show me, aren't you? And I took another shot at praying and looking for it. And whereas I looked in my wife's car in the darkness of the night, I then looked in her car in the lightness of the day, and, and there it was. It's a nice spot that only the sun could show. <clears throat> so I, I just thank God and thank God for the... To, I stood honestly and didn't accept, I'm okay because now I have a backup phone and things work fine. But there, for doing something good, there had to be... There could only good come from it. And he showed me exactly what I needed to see. So it felt good. I thank God for this. Thank you. Florence. Florence from Georgia, go ahead. Thank you. Thank you, Feli, for the readings tonight and also for the prelude. It was so beautiful. And the hymns, of course, and all the testimonies so far. Tonight, I'd just like to say something about love because more and more I find that if you're not lo loving, you're not living, like Bickner Young says. And I was thinking how much time we give to the past, worried, worrying about what's happened to us and about the future, what's going to happen. And we neglect just that love that should be going on right now. Instead of giving any time to the past or to the future, how much more important and worthwhile it is to ponder the great love that God has for all of us every moment. And rather ponder that, ponder how much we are loving God and our neighbor as Jesus commanded. 
this is something I wanted to mention tonight because I feel in talking to so many people that, that somehow that love, this love that should be going on all the time, it, it's left out. It's always what's going to happen or something that happened in the past. I love him 391, the last verse where it says that, then rise and greet the signs that prove unreal the ages long lament. The one part of divine event is now, and that event is love. Just wanted to share that tonight. Thank you so much for the service and all the testimonies so far. Thank God for this church. Thank God for what he has revealed through his son and Mary Baker Eddy for all of us to follow. And I know that this great love that he talks about, if we follow it, then we will be really living. Happy to be here tonight. Thank you. Benjamin. On Monday uh, this week, um, I had opportunity to witness um, God's presence all around us, His dear love for all His children, um, no matter who you are and where you are or how young you are. Um, on Monday, I had just a couple of things to do, and uh, one of them was to was taking my vehicle to the car wash. And um, as I was standing just uh, a couple of feet away from the street, waiting for my vehicle to pull out, and a um, few other customers there, and the the guys who who take care of our vehicles. We were just standing there and some other, other people, the guys working on the other vehicles. And just across the street, which I did not I did not notice earlier, there were a couple of little kids, two boys, seems to come from the same family. And they were trying to cross the street because right next to the car wash was a 7-Eleven. So one, the older one, I think he was like around the age of 10 or 11, maybe 12, but not too, no more than that. He was one who got them walk right into the traffic. The little one ran backward, but the older one was one who just, he freeze right in the middle of the traffic. And the vehicle that was coming, speeding towards just, I mean, about two or three inches away from him, how he stopped. I don't even know if, if the driver knew how he stopped because you can hear the sound of his braking from, you know, half a mile away at least. How he stopped, how was a mystery to everybody standing there, including the driver, we were all standing out. And the only thing that came out from my mouth was God good. And he, the little boy, walked backwards, and the driver continued to to go where he was going. And he didn't stop there. He wanted to force himself again the second time 
to get into the traffic again the second time. Similar thing just happened, and I had to go over, and I told them, please stop, stop crossing, and I had to go over there and walk two of them over across the street. And then as I was talking to them, I found out they were completely confused, either confused from the beginning or confused from the first incident. As and where they were going, they told me they were trying to get into 7-Eleven. I got them in there. While we were in 7-Eleven, I asked them if they, what town did they come from. They seems to have come from within the area, but they don't know anything. I asked them the number of their house. They can't even remember. They said they know their house, but they don't know how to get there anymore. They completely forgot. Tell them, okay, boy. You're going to stay in this store, and the store owners will help you guys. Call your parents. Your parents will come over here and pick you guys up. And I told them not to leave. They said they're not going to leave. I told the store owner, please help them get their parents over so that they can get, get home safely. And when I left the store, I wasn't sure if that's going to happen, but because since the store owner is, is not their parents, I don't think he will be allowed to hold them any longer than they wanted to stay in the store. But I knew who can hold them longer than that. I went in my car, I called 911. I called the Westfield police and explained to them what happened. I told them that they should bring uh, a unit to that 7-Eleven as soon as they can because there were two little boys who seemed to be confused. I don't, I don't want them to, to be going back to their house by themselves. Nobody can help them cause this way. And the, uh, the police said they would be sending a unit over their right house. And I've been thanking God since yeah, since Monday until now. They will continue to thank him for that incident. Because that incident um, would have otherwise been a catastrophic incident. But with God's presence at hand and all around us at all times, and me being there witnessing that, it just... It becomes something to, to thank God for, to praise God for, really, and a continual reminder of how God loves us and uh, how He never left, left our side at any time, no matter who we are. I'm so grateful for God, for kissing science, and for all that I'm learning to know that God never leaves our side. He's always, His love always all about us. Just exploring that earth. Thank you. Have a good night. Thank you. Mary, go ahead. Good evening, everyone. I'll just read a few things tonight. Grateful for all of you who send me your testimonies. Um, this first is from California. Several days ago, Sunday night, probably one of the biggest challenges to my peace and love for others came about from an incident where someone suddenly lashed out at me launching an attack of hatred. When I had the chance to be alone, I turned to God in prayer for guidance in seeing what I needed to see in order to separate the action of the person from the person. I knew that I had to handle the seeming wound to me in order to be free of it in my thought. Monday morning, I awoke with thoughts that came without thinking, blessing this person, surrounding him with God's constant love for him, then came the Bible lesson, which, as I picked it up, 
read the lesson topic for the week, Love. And then the golden text, which reads in part, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. This guided my thought upwards to God, and the loving messages in the lesson placed me right in the temple of the living God within me. The Carpenter Watch number 257, selected before this week to be read with this week's lesson, provided comfort and supported right thinking, where Mrs. Eddy states, quote, A mother's affection cannot be weaned from her child, because the mother love includes purity and constancy, both of which are immortal. Therefore, maternal affection lives on under whatever difficulties. End quote. Although the difficulty did not arise from one of my children, I took it to apply to the situation and the love that I expressed from my father, mother, God, which is constant and cannot be interfered with. Then when I spoke to my practitioner, mentioning in passing the occurrence of the evening before, she immediately saw that this was much bigger than what I was treating in my prayer work, that it was an attack on the Christ idea that I expressed. She gave me truths I needed to include in my prayers. The day went on, and when speaking with my sister, who told me without any prompting that this situation was much bigger than me, my thought immediately turned to my practitioner, who had seen this right away. Then the floodgates of gratitude overflowed for all the love that was surrounding me, had always surrounded me and all mankind, coming from a lesson which had been written months ago, the Carpenter Watch, selected to selected prior to the publication of this week's lesson, to the spiritual perception of my practitioner and the presence of this Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent, which was the vehicle bringing all of this support to me. The prayer that the prayer work to keep my thinking aligned with God in love continues, but I wanted to share what the presence of this church did for me. With much love to you all. And then this is from Hungary. I am daily so grateful for the infinite source of knowledge and learning provided by our independent church in Plainfield. On our website, we find treasure after treasure of love and truth. This is how each of us can evolve and mature spiritually, no matter where on earth we live and no matter where we are on our individual journey. Thank you to our dear leader, Mary Baker Eddy. Thank you to our dear practitioners and to all the church members who make our community possible. With love. And then the last is a testimony from Missouri. I'd like to share with you this testimony um, as a most profound truth that came to me back in the fall of 1980, the year of my divorce, which led me to the door of suicide for the second time in my life, as it is most definitely an exact example, like Imogen's of being healed, saved by the prayers of active Christian scientists at the time. I was riding a horse out in the middle of a field one fall day. The entire year had been devastating to me, as my then husband had decided in April that he wanted a divorce, and the sting of my parents' hostile divorce was an ongoing source of pain. I was facing suicidal thoughts each and every day, 
as I was totally confused about what love is. The thought that came to me so clearly was this. If you are in hell right now on earth, which I most surely knew that I was, then the opposite must also be possible, to be in heaven right here on earth. This thought came to me out of the blue and was contrary to what I had been taught about heaven and hell. However, it was so clearly logical that I knew it was true. Suddenly I had hope. I was instantly healed of suicidal thoughts, and from that moment forward I began searching earnestly for the truth. This search led me to several self-help books over the next two years, until I was given my first copy of Science and Health. When I had read only about a hundred pages, I had lost all appetite for smoking, and I knew it was the truth that I had been searching for, so I was all in from the get-go. You can imagine my joy when I read that Mrs. Eddy explains heaven and hell as states of mind, as opposed to places we may or may not go after so-called death. Quote, heaven is not a locality, but a divine state of mind, end quote, science and health. And then also, quote, sin makes its own hell, and goodness its own heaven, end quote, also science and health. How great is our God! With so much unbounded gratitude for our dear beloved forever leader, Mary Baker Eddy, the most scientific woman that ever trod the globe. Um, love from Louise. And then also, P.S., Faith and Company's version of the goodness of God was just beautiful during Sunday's service. It practically brings me to tears every time I hear those lyrics. Goosebumps every time I hear it sung. And she was actually the one who suggested that we sing that song. So I will stop there for tonight and just thank you all for this beautiful meeting. Thank you for those beautiful readings on honesty. Such an important topic. Thank you. And the testimonies, the beautiful music. Much love to you all and have a good evening. Thank you. To close our meeting tonight, Linda, will you please announce the last hymn? Hymn number 20. Be true and list the voice within. Be true unto thy high ideal, thy perfect self that knows no sin, that self that is the only real. Hymn 20.